You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 101. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 21, verses 12 through 19. The Lord said to his disciples, Beware of men who will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. This will be a time for you to bear testimony. Settle it therefore in your minds not to meditate beforehand how to answer, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and kinsmen and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. Father, today's reading picks up in an extended section of Luke where Jesus is teaching in the temple. Would you orient us before we specifically discuss this passage? Yeah, that'd be a good place to start with the bigger picture of what's going on here in this passage that you selected for today's reading. And you correctly noted that Jesus is teaching in the temple, but I would take it back even a step further. And how far back is that? Well, our reading picked up in chapter 21, as you noted there at the beginning. But this is a continuation of a series of teachings that goes clear back to chapter 19 with what we often refer to as the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. And most people will recognize this as the famous Palm Sunday story. So should we view today's story uh, within the context of Palm Sunday then? Well, not exactly that day or event precisely, but more generally. And by that, I mean that up until chapter 19 in Luke's gospel, you have, of course, the infant narrative of Jesus at the beginning, the story of him as a young boy, and then the adult life in his roughly three-year ministry after his baptism by John. And all of these things together that I just mentioned in total are making up 19 chapters of Luke. But beginning with the Palm Sunday story I mentioned, that entrance into Jerusalem, you have for the rest of the book, the rest of Luke's gospel, essentially the final week of Jesus' earthly life and ministry. So although in total the gospel covers primarily three years plus then that birth in the young man narrative, a good portion of the gospel is dedicated to that final week. And that's the broader setting of today's reading, with the more specific setting being the temple, as you mentioned. And... I'm assuming there's some significant reason that you highlighted this uh, as Jesus' final week. And that final week is one of the main areas of focus of the gospel. Could you maybe unpack that a little bit? Yeah, so when you have that transition from the broader ministry of Jesus to that focus then on this last week, you see sort of a transition from Jesus as being primarily a teacher or even a healer to Jesus being the judge. And so ultimately in this passage that you read today, where we find ourselves is in that point in time when Jesus was acting as Lord, when he was acting as judge of Jerusalem, judge of the religious and civil elites and the religious and civil authorities. And in this light then, I think you can better understand today's passage that you read at the beginning. Yes, yeah, that's helpful. It definitely makes sense now. So perhaps uh, that'll help us understand what Jesus says in verses 13 through 15, which read, This will be a time for you to bear testimony. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. 
For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. So would you clarify this uh, for us? What is it that Jesus is speaking about here? So again, as you noted, looking at this broader context helps us to understand what Jesus is saying in these few verses. So he's now entering this final week of his life, this week where he really acts as a judge against the corrupt practices of the religious and civil elite. And of course, they don't like being questioned and called out. So Jesus is preparing his disciples for what is about to come upon him. And then obviously, after they continue, the disciples continue in his teaching after the resurrection and Pentecost, what will end up happening to them. One thing I want to point out is that this phrase, to bear testimony, can also be translated to bear witness. But in either case, the root word being used here is the same as for the term martyr. So Jesus is preparing his disciples that they must be prepared to become martyrs. And that's ultimately what it means in the Bible then, from that original Greek, to bear witness or to bear testimony. Interesting. Thank you for pointing that out. It, it helps to show the seriousness, I think, of the, of the situation, which of course did come to pass with all of Jesus' disciples being martyred for the gospel, of course, with the exception of Judas, who, who hung himself, and uh, St. John the Evangelist. One other aspect of that passage, which is interesting, is how Jesus tells them not to meditate beforehand how to answer. So why do you think that he tells them that, Father? Well, as he says, he will give them a mouth, meaning he will give them the words and the wisdom which none can contradict. I think there are two things to highlight here. So first of all, how does Jesus give them the words? Well, he gives them the words through his teaching and preaching. So you learn those words. For us today, then, that means that we continue to study the scriptures where we read of his words. And then second, I think the reason he mentions not to meditate beforehand on what they're going to say is because he wants them to be concerned only about living and spreading his word and teaching others. Our job is not so much to convince people of the truth of the faith by making intellectual and rational arguments using fancy words, but by the way that we live our lives. So he's telling them to go out and do his work of reconciliation, of lifting up the weak and so forth, and he will give them the words when it's time to bear martyrdom to give witness with words. Good. I appreciate uh, the explanation there. So for the last set of questions, I want to look at the final verses from our passage today. Uh, they read, You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and kinsmen and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my namesake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. So that, that word there, endurance, stands out to me here, and it indicates that we must remain steadfast and faithful until the end. Would you discuss the importance, Father, of endurance here? Yeah, and it's interesting that you picked up on that specific word of endurance, because I think most of us tend to think more about what Jesus said about being betrayed, even by parents and friends and family. And obviously there, he's speaking about the difficulty of following his way and how it can be divisive because it's so countercultural. And by countercultural, I don't even mean just against the culture of the time and in his time, but it's against every human culture that's ever existed and likely ever will exist, save that in the kingdom of heaven. But the endurance aspect, I'm really glad you picked up on that because it's just as important. And how so? So much of the authentic spiritual life, according to the gospel, is about enduring. The Christian walk 
is a way of life. It's a marathon and not a sprint. It's not a one-time decision. It's a bunch of decisions that we have to make every single day of our lives, whether we will continue to walk according to that gospel teaching or whether we turn aside from it. And for that matter, it's the continuous decision that when we notice that we have gone astray, that we'll repent and come back. Because as I said, the gospel is counter every human culture and society. And as we've said before on some of our podcasts, the gospel teaching, it's anti-biological, meaning our biological impulses are wired to behave as animals. But unlike other animals, we have this capability to transcend that basic biological level. That's what it means fundamentally to be created in the image of God. We can present him, and we alone among all the species of the animal kingdom can do this. We can present God to the world because we can rise above this base biological level. And that's an awesome responsibility. You know, we can tend to think highly of ourselves as a species, and even as individual human beings, we can become prideful, that we're created in the image of God. But more importantly, it's an awesome responsibility in the classic sense of that term, awesome, not the way it's so often used today, but awesome in the sense that we should stand in awe of that responsibility. It's fearful, heavy responsibility, and that's why we need to have endurance. It's relatively easy to overcome our biological impulses a few times when maybe it's more convenient than normal or when we're in the mood for it or when we think we might receive some recognition for it. But the question we have to ask is what do we do when it's not easy, when it's not convenient, when no one but God will see us behaving the way that we should behave? It's not so easy. It can feel burdensome at times because, again, it's an awesome responsibility. So this is why we need to have endurance because it's a lifetime of decisions. And then I want to end on hopefully an encouraging note. How do we gain endurance? An athlete is not born with great endurance. We have to train, have to build up, have to gain endurance to become a good athlete. And this comes through practice. It comes through taking small, consistent steps. And I say this not as an excuse to sin and fall short, but to recognize that when we fall short, there's no need to beat ourselves up. Our endurance will come with time. Simply recognize that we're sinners in need of Christ's mercy and grace. Get back on the path of the gospel, and because God is merciful in this way, do you be merciful and compassionate with all others. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, Father Aaron began by pointing out that our reading takes place during the final week of Jesus' earthly ministry. And in this final week, we see a transition from Jesus primarily as teacher and healer to Jesus being the judge. We see this judgment come into focus against the corrupt practices of the religious and civil elite, And Jesus then begins to prepare his disciples for what is to come. Jesus tells them that they will be called to bear testimony, which can also be translated to bear witness. And in both cases, the root word is the same as martyr. And so we can better understand that Jesus is preparing his disciples for martyrdom. Jesus also tells them that when they are persecuted, he will give them a mouth and wisdom. He accomplishes this through his teaching. And by extension, we can prepare ourselves by studying the scriptures. But we should also remember that the primary means of spreading the gospel is not through our words or rational arguments, but by the way that we live our lives. Finally, in discussing the importance of endurance, Father reminded us that the Christian life is a marathon and not a sprint. Nor is it a one-time decision, but continuous decisions that we must make every day of our lives. And so we must train ourselves as would an athlete, 
through small, consistent steps, always getting back up when we fall. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God. O our God and our hope, glory to thee.